Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Father, we thank you for your love for us. Thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to have a dry facility that we can come and worship you in. And uh, we just ask your blessings on our day and on our time together. And Lord, as I speak on fishing today, help me bring across the, the spiritual message that's all in your word about how we're to be fishers of men. Uh, we ask your blessings on our time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this, you may, I know Miss Jamie came in this morning. She said, why are y'all dressed like that? It's Sunday morning. And I said, it's because I'm going fishing. This is my fishing gear. Whenever I go fishing, this is the hat that I wear. Uh, this is the shirt. And I've got a couple of shirts like this that I wear. And some hiking pants, several pair like this that I wear. And this is usually what I take. This is my fishing gear that I have on my backpack. That way I can hike into those rivers and around those lakes and around those ponds. And I have everything that I need. Now, I do have one request. I would like to have a, uh, a Sun Tracker bass buggy. It's about $23,000 I would like to have. So if 23 of you would donate $1,000 towards that cause, then I'll go get a bass buggy. Until then, I'm going to keep hiking the rivers, right? And by the way, I'm just kidding. I'm not looking for you to donate $1,000 today. that. Everybody laugh. Loosen up a little bit, okay? It's all right. So here is what we do. Whenever we go, uh, now I don't know about you, I, I don't like catfish. I don't like to fish for catfish. I don't like to eat catfish. Um, I'm just weird like that. So I don't fish for catfish. Um, I know catfishing is kind of easy. You throw some nasty bait on the hook and you throw it out there and let it sit on the bottom and you just wait for something to hit it, right? Um, I'm just not into catfishing, but I am into bass fishing. How many of you guys, uh, how many fishermen do we have in the, in the church? You guys like to fish? Some of you ladies like to fish as well? And uh, if you're catfishing, that's fine. That's just not what I like to catch. Uh, I like to go bass fishing. Now, on my rig here, this is my bass rod that I use. I actually have, a, this is a spin casting rod. I actually have a bait caster as well, but I brought this one in. And I don't know what type of rigs you're familiar with, uh, but for those of you guys that go bass fishing, you know that here is, um, well, watch me tangle this thing up now. I sure did. What I have here is called a Carolina rig. Now, what it has, let me get it untangled, right? What it has, this is 16-pound test line up here. Then I tie on a a swivel. Before I tie that swivel on, I put this 8-ounce slip sinker on. And then you need to put a little bead on. And the reason you want that bead, now you won't find this bead, or I didn't find this bead in the fishing department. I had to go into the sewing department, and I bought me some of these little plastic beads. Because as this is coming through the rocks and coming through the shrubbery or the limbs and the branches and the water, it's, it's making a little bit of a racket, okay? So it's kind of getting the attention. But then you have this leader on. Now in the springtime, you want to do about a 12 to 18 inch leader. Uh, and this is coming through the rocks and coming through the branches. 
branches, and then you have this leader with a two-walled hook on the end of it. Now, this is called a Carolina rig, right? Guess which rig is my favorite? Carolina rig, right? Not only because I like the rig, but I'm from North Carolina, right? So uh, you got to go with the Carolina rig. Now, not only is this the Carolina rig, and this is coming through, and this is completely weedless as it comes through, and then you have this hitting the bottom, and then you have this floating, and so you're getting the attention of the bass with this, and then they look and they see this worm coming. Now, I have my gear here. Let me show you what I like to fish with as far as my bass fishing is concerned. Um, I like to use these worms, okay? So this is just my worm bag, and here I have all my, my rubber worms. Now, you've got to pay attention to the weather outside. You've got to pay attention if it's raining or not. You've got to pay attention if the water is clear or if the water is muddy. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into fishing, right? Right? So, today, the water's probably going to be muddy, right? From all the rain that we've had and everything that's going on. So, with bass fishing for muddy water, I like to use... A chartreuse worm, okay? Now, it has the little pepper seeds on it, and you can kind of see that, and that little tail gets some action going on as it's coming through the water. And so I'll tie that on the hook, okay? I'll actually just slip it on the hook like this, and then run it out and around, slide it all the way up, over the eyelet where I've tied it on and then stick the worm over the end of the hook and so then it's coming straight, okay? So then this is swimming through. I've got my action right here where it's making some racket and this worm is floating and I promise you guys, those bass, they jump all over this chartreuse worm, okay? We got any bass fishermen in the house? Steve, you bass fish, right? I don't know if you worm fish or not. A lot of people throw plugs and, and a crankbait and different things. But this is one of my favorite things to do. Okay? Now, let me share with you what Jesus said about fishing. There's a verse of scripture that I want you to see. I have it on the screen here for you. Go ahead and put that verse up. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 4. I want you to pay attention to that. Jesus said this. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he, that's being Jesus, saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, And Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, guys, I want you to see something here about what we are to be doing as a church and what we are to be doing as a Christian. We are to be fishing. Okay? Matthew 4, this was the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. We know his ministry lasted about, his public ministry lasted about three, three and a half years. Okay? So Jesus had about 36 to 42 months to get his mission accomplished in his public ministry. Are you tracking with me? This is at the beginning of his ministry, and he runs across these fishermen. And he said, hey guys, I want you to follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So my question to you is, are you following Jesus? And if you are, are you fishing? 
You see, I know there's probably three groups of people in this room today. There are those, first of all, that are not in the family of God. Now, if you're not in the family of God, I don't expect you to be fishing for men, right? So if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, then you're here today and you're not in the family of God. And my prayer is that you get hooked today, pun intended. My prayer is you get caught today, pun intended. My prayer is that you accept Christ as your personal Savior. Okay? That's my prayer. The second group of people that I know is in every church is this. There are those who are Christ followers and they are fishing. And I want to say thank you to that group of people. I mean, a church could not thrive, a church could not succeed, a a church could not be what it is today without the second group of people. I mean, there has to be people in a church that love Jesus. There's got to be people in a church that are willing to carry out the mission of the church, which is the mission of Christ, which is winning the world and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ in their sphere or their lake that they go fishing in with the people that they interact with. So thank God if you're in group number two and you're a follower of Christ and you've accepted Christ as your Savior and you're actively working and serving in the church and you're doing all you can to to share the gospel and bringing people in and you're doing all you can to pass the gospel to the next generation, thank you for group number two. We would not have a church at Victory if we did not have group number two in the church. Do you hear what I'm saying? Right? So thank you for those that are in group number two. I also know in every church, including Victory Church, there's the third group. Now, the third group of people are people that have accepted Christ. Right? They're Christ followers. They believe that Jesus died for their sins. They pray to prayer and ask Jesus to forgive them and come into their heart and be their Lord and be their Savior. But they're not fishing. Right? They're not involved in anything at the church. I mean... They're not fishing, they're not sharing the gospel, they're not trying to be the light of the world, they're not being the salt of the earth, they're not concerned about passing their faith to the next generation, they're just kind of like going through the motions. Well, my prayer is, for those in group number one, that you'll be caught today. My prayer for group number two is that you be encouraged today and you keep doing what you're doing. My prayer for group number three is that you'll be convicted today. Say amen. People don't like to come to church and get convicted, right? But my prayer is you be convicted because we all have a responsibility at Victory Church. In the body of Christ, we all have a responsibility. So my prayer is today that you will actively get in the game and start fishing, okay? For whatever reason, I don't know why folks are in group number three. Maybe they got hurt at some point. Maybe they lost their zeal and their passion. Maybe along the way they just got discouraged. So I just pray that God will speak to your heart today. And for those of us that are Christ followers, I pray that we all start fishing and doing what we can to be what Jesus called fishers of men. Okay? So that's my prayer today. So with that being said, let me give you four things, and I won't be real long today, because I am really looking forward to the slideshow this afternoon and the lunch that we're going to have together and hearing Miss Beth Evans talk about her trip over to the Holy Land. I'm so looking forward to that, so I hope you're planning on staying around. So I'm not going to be real long, right, because I know you're hungry, and you get to eat here in just a moment. And I saw all the food that was coming in. So let me give you about four things here real quickly that every fisherman has, all right? Number one, a fisherman 
have, all good fishermen have real, notice there's pun intended there. I did not misspell the word real. Actually, it's spelled correctly. Fishing real. Are you guys with me today? Are you waterlogged? Is that what it is? I don't know. Seems like the, the excitement level is kind of low today. Someone try to build it up if I can. So fishermen have real purpose in life. Let me ask you something. What is your purpose in life? What is it that gets you out of bed every morning? What is it that drives you? Well, a fisherman of men has a real purpose in their life. I want you to look at the verse in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, and verse number 19. The Scripture says, and this is Jesus, and he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, guys, you've got to understand something. This is at the end of Jesus' ministry now. The 36, 42-month period is coming to an end. And at the end of his mission, he reiterates what should be our purpose of being fishers of men, going and making disciples, fishing in our local bodies of water. You see, here's the deal. Jesus, God, wants you to fish. He wants us to be fishing every single day for men. Now, some Christians get this mixed up. Some Christians want to go on a hunt, right? And they go hunting people. Jesus didn't call you to go hunting, right? Scope them down and then just boom, blast them and drag them into the church, right? That's not what we're supposed to do. Jesus didn't want us to go hunting. Christians also get it mixed up because instead of fishing, what they want to do is let somebody else fish and they want to clean them, right? There are those believers and those Christians just want to get everybody's life fixed. Let me tell you everything that's wrong with you and your family. Let me get you cleaned up. Are you with me? How many know some Christians like that? How many of your life has been impacted by Christians? Both of my hands up. I've had both of those in my life, right? Let me get you straightened out here. Listen, God didn't call you to straighten out anybody. Hello? God didn't call you to point out all that stuff. He just called you to fish, right? Just share the gospel with them. Let the Holy Spirit of God take care of cleaning them. Let the Holy Spirit of God take care of pruning them. I realized a long time ago that this thing called Christianity, it's a lot easier when I quit trying to be the Holy Spirit and I just be the vessel, that, and that's what Peter said, that will be a vessel of honor that God can use. I just want to be a conduit. I just want to fish. I just want to sow the seed. I just want to share the gospel. I just want to love people. I just want to smile. I just want to be Christ-like. I just want to be the salt. I want to be the light. I want people to see something different and let the Holy Spirit of God clean them. Are you with me? Boy, it's so much easier if we'll just fish, right? So just fish. He hasn't called us to hunt. He's called us to fish. And that should be our main purpose in life. I love this quote by William James. And I don't think I have a slide for this, Charlie. No? Okay. I have this quote by William James, and it's a very good quote. He says this. He said, The best use of life is to spend it for something that outlasts it. The 
best use of life is to spend it for something that outlasted. Well, listen, guys, I don't know of anything that outlasts life other than the kingdom of God and the work of God. So what we need to be doing is investing in kingdom work, doing what God has called us to do. Eventually, everything else will vanish, right? There's a lot of folks that are driven by money. Eventually, that will vanish. It will be somebody else's. A lot of folks are driven by careers and jobs and houses and cars. All of that stuff is going to be someone else's one day. But what should drive us is our purpose and our mission in life. Guys, you realize this, and this is a quote by Rick Warren. I believe it with all my heart. And he says this, that every Christian should have a ministry in the church and a mission in the world. Every one of us, as believers, should have a ministry in the church and a mission in the world. If you live your life to have a ministry in the church and a mission in the world, I promise you, you will find fulfillment. People are chasing everything, trying to get their life fulfilled. And they're going to come up short and empty on everything because there's only one thing and one person that fulfills us in this life. And that's the Lord and carrying out his mission in our life. Okay? So every fisherman have a real purpose in life. Number two. Fishermen also not only have a real purpose, but they have a real passion. Okay? Fishermen not only have a real purpose, they have a real passion. Have you ever taken someone fishing for the very first time? And you're out there with them, and they're with you, and, and I don't know about you, but my prayer is, and if they've never caught a fish, my prayer is, I just pray they catch one today. Because there's something that happens When you're out there fishing, and all of a sudden, especially bass fishing, and all of a sudden you feel this, and you know what that is, right? It's not a rock. It's not a limb. I mean, there's a distinct hit that takes place when a bass hits your bait. You guys right? You understand? Isn't that one of the most exciting feelings in all the world? Boom! Oh, man, there he is, right? Now, everybody's technique is a little bit different. But whenever I'm bass fishing and I flip this thing out there, you're right. Let me see if I can do this without hitting anything, right? And so I flip it out there, and then I don't reel it at this point. I'm pulling it, just lifting the rod like this, working that that anchor and that worm through. And then as soon as I feel that hit, I mean, it almost just knocks it out of your hand sometimes. As soon as I feel that hit, the first thing you do is drop your pole and just tighten up on the line real easily. And then set that hook. Just rear back and zing on it, right? And then what's going to happen is that hook's going to get caught in the lip of that big old largemouth bass. And you're going to see him fight a little bit. Then one of the most exciting things is you're going to see him come up on the water on that back tail. And he's trying to sling that hook. And he's flipping and carrying on. Isn't that one of the most exciting things about bass fishing? You guys agree? Raise your hand if you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. All right, there's some of you that don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Raise your hand if you know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, isn't that one of the most exciting things whenever you go fishing? When you have that on there? Now, here's what happens. When you take that first individual with you, and they've never caught a largemouth bass before, and they've never felt that hit like it hits, and they've never reeled one in and see it resist and fight and try to throw that hook out, I promise you, when they catch their very first one, they are pun intended, hooked, right? 
I mean, there's something that they're going to get passionate about now. They're going to start researching bass fishing. They're going to start watching YouTube videos. They're going to go to the bait store. And have you ever been to Bass Pro? Have you ever been to the bait or the, the largemouth bait fishing aisles? Plural. And do you realize that everything on those aisles, Dave Hornyak taught me this. He said everything on here, all of these baits, they've caught far more fishermen than fish. Right? It's because we get hooked. I mean, that we get passionate about it. We want to learn more about it. We want to do it more often. The same thing is true, friends, whenever you become fishermen of men. To be able to sit down with someone and share the gospel with them in a loving way, not in a judgmental way, not trying to clean their life up, not trying to tell them everything is wrong with them, but just letting them know, you know what, Jesus loves you in spite of everything that's going on in your life. There's not one thing you'll do to make God love you any more. There's not one thing you'll do to make God love you any less. He loves you. And He loves you so much that He gave His only Son to die on the cross for your sins. And all you simply got to do is believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the sinless Son of God who died on the cross and was buried and rose again victoriously the third day and repent of your sins and trust Him into your heart and repent and turn from your wicked ways and trust God, then you too can be saved. Once you do that with an individual and you share the gospel with them and you lead them in that prayer and, and then you hug them and they may or may not have a tear, everybody responds differently, but then you see that individual when they come to know Christ as their Savior or they know that everything is well with their soul, there's no more joy that you'll get as a child of God than catching your first spiritual fish. But there's a lot of folks that are Christ followers that have never experienced that. It's because they're not fishing. They're not out there sharing the gospel. They're not inviting folks to church. They're not even concerned if anybody comes or not. Right? Folks, we've got to get plugged in. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 28, in verse number 19, He said, Go. Go and make disciples. That word go just simply means... If you go back and you study in the Greek, you'll find it means as you're going through your day. Alright? It's not like, okay, I'm doing this now, let me stop, and now let's let me go witness. No, no, no. It's talking about as you're living your life every day. As you're going through your life. You see, guys, you cannot compartmentalize this. And a lot of guys I know are guilty of that. And they put their spiritual Jesus in a drawer and they pull him out on Sunday morning, and as soon as church is over, they shut, it's like a dresser drawer. They shut that. Monday morning, they pull out career drawer. And they work in their career. And then they push that closed. And then when they go home, they pull out the family drawer. And then when they go back to work, they push that one closed. You get what I'm saying? You cannot compartmentalize your faith. Are you with me? It integrates in every area of your life. So Jesus is saying, as you're going throughout your day, look for those opportunities to encourage someone, to share the gospel, to tell someone about Jesus, to invite someone to church, to pray with someone that may be having a difficult time that day, to just show love and concern for someone instead of selfishness all the time, right? Are you with me? To be the salt of the earth, to be the light of the world. As you're going, real fishermen of men, they are passionate about this. And after we go, what are we to do then? Make disciples, right? 
Share the gospel. See them get baptized. Nurture them and help them grow. Help them get connected into the church. I mean, that is being fishers of men. Now, let me share something with you that's... And I don't know if I have a slide for this or not, Charlie. Let me share something that, with you here that I want you to see. Jesus was passionate about fishing. In Matthew chapter 4, we saw that he went to Peter and Andrew and then James and John. He went to those guys and he said, follow me and I will make you what? Fishers of men. Matthew 4. That's the beginning of his public ministry. Three years, three and a half years, 36, 42 months. Right? The beginning of his ministry, he said, guys, I want you to follow me and let's go fishing. Right? Then at the end of his public ministry, in Matthew chapter 28, right before the ascension, he then gives out the great commission. Go and make disciples of all men. Right? Go and disciple them. Go and read. You know what Jesus said at the end of his ministry? Go fishing. Right? Go fishing. Well, why is it that Jesus wants them to be fishing so much. Here's what I came up with. Life is too short not to fish. Amen? Both. (laughs) Right? We're not going to be here forever, guys. I mean, I don't know, the older you get, I remember there was a day when I thought 50 was old. Yeah, there was a day. When I thought 50 years old, man, that's so old. Right? You know, I was in my 20s, and maybe even in my 30s. Man, that's old. And then there was a day that I used to think 60 was old. Just this past week, we had a very influential, godly man in our denomination named Tim Hayes. That last, and he was a deacon at a church over in, um, in Salem. Matter of fact, you guys know Jamie Lee? our missionary that I've had in here numerous times to speak to you guys. He was the pastor of that church before he resigned and came, became our missionary. And Tim Hayes was his right-hand man, a deacon in that church. Served from the very beginning of that church. Served very much in our state. 64 years old. Last Saturday, they had a fundraising function at their church. He was there. He was involved with it. He told his wife to take him home. He wasn't feeling well. He goes home. She goes back to the church. She goes back home, and he's laying on the bed dead. My first thought was, 64 is so young. It really is. And then to go that fast. I mean, this guy, he went hiking. He went fishing. He went hunting. He was a farmer. He farmed a 1,000 acres of land. I mean, he was so outdoorsy, active. And he was really, you look at him, he looked like he's in great shape. That quick left this world. Why should we be passionate about fishing? Because life is short. I'm talking about fishers of men. Life is short. Are you with me? I don't know. Maybe you get to live to be 70. Maybe you get to live to be 80. Maybe you get to be 90. Maybe you get to live to be 101. So you live 100 years. Compared to eternity... That's still a very short period of time. D.L. Moody said it best. He said that life is like a grand of sand on the seashore compared to eternity. We're just here for a blink. Just a, just a 
a moment. So life is too short not to fish. At the beginning of his ministry, Jesus was concerned about they be fishers of men. At the end of his ministry, he was concerned that they go and make disciples and be fishers of men. So Jesus was passionate about fishing. So fishermen have real passion. Third thing, let me give this to you real quickly here. Fishermen have real persistence. Aren't they some of the most persistent people that you've ever seen? I mean, they'll sit out there and, and they'll... They'll cast and get nothing. They'll cast and get nothing. They'll cast and get nothing. But in their mind, they're thinking, just one more cast. Oh, not that one. The next one. Here it is. Just one more cast. Oh, no, not that one. Oh, I know it. Man, that one fell in the right spot. It's going to be this one. No, not that one. Just, just one more. And if it's not one more cast, it's like, oh, maybe maybe over here behind that rock. Let, let's go over here behind that rock. Throw around that rock. Or maybe not that rock, but maybe that tree that's fallen. Maybe over there in that tree. Or, or maybe not that rock in that tree, but if I can just work my way into that cove. And, and they hike around, or they get on their boat, and they go into the next cove. And right in this cove, aren't they some of the most persistent people you've ever seen? And then if they go all day long and not catch anything, they're like, man, they just didn't bite today. But tomorrow... They'll be biting. And they go again. Right? That's, that, isn't that spot on? Fishermen are persistent. And guys, we've got to be persistent as well. Whenever we're being fishers of men, there's not a time that we can stop. We've got to continue being fishers of men. Here's what I know. That if you're persistent, you're going to see some great things. If you're persistent, you're going to catch some fish. You keep that hook and that worm in the water long enough, you're going to catch a fish. Right? But if you don't get the worm in the water, you're never going to catch a fish. The same thing is true of being fishers of men. If you don't start sharing your faith, if you don't tell somebody about Jesus... If you don't share the gospel at least one time, if you don't do at least invite someone to church, then you're never going to be fishers of men. We must start and we must be persistent. Here's something else I know. If you are persistent at fishing, there's one thing that you're going to have. You know what it is? Fish stories. Don't you love them? Don't you love fish stories? I mean, don't you just love to be around a fisherman and let him tell you some stories? Let me tell you one. Can I tell you one? I've got several. I was fishing the other day, and Debbie and I, we were out at the Moscuda Lake, and I had that set up right there, and that worm at Carolina Rig, exactly. Man, I threw that thing out there, and I'd already caught one, and I threw it out there again, and three or four casts later, all of a sudden, I felt something hit it. And I knew it was a bass. I just knew it was. I dropped my rod and I tightened up on it. As soon as I felt it, I yanked that thing and I felt him yank that thing. Nothing came back on the end of my line. No worm, no hook, no sinker, no swivel, no bead, no weight, nothing. Everything gone. You know what it was? It had to be the biggest bass that I have ever seen and heard of in my life. Now, I don't have a clue what it was. I guess at the end of the day, I think it was a turtle. I don't know. But whatever it was, he took everything. You ever heard the saying, hook, line, and sinker? That's exactly what he took. I had nothing. So aren't those fun, right? And you can talk to a fisherman, and they can tell you some amazing fish stories. But you know who cannot tell you a fish story? Someone that's never gone fishing. 
They cannot tell you a fish story because they've never gone. The same thing is true when you become fishers of men. When you become fishers of men, you'll have some amazing stories that you'll get to tell some folks. And I remember I've got some stories that I could share with you about folks that I've led to the Lord, children that I've led to the Lord, parents that I've led to the Lord, individuals that I've led to the Lord, folks that have gone through difficult places in their life, and I just sit there and just listen to them and just let them talk and say, listen, I don't have the answers to everything. That's the first thing I always love to confess because I don't want them to think I know it all. I don't have the answers to everything, but I know someone who does, and I'm always deflecting everything from me to God. I know someone who has every Every answer for everything in your life, and his name is Jesus. And if you just give it all to him, I promise you, in his time, he will take care of it. And those are some amazing stories that you get to share with folks. But a lot of people are sitting here today, and they have no story. And the only reason you have no story is because you're not fishing. Right? We must be persistent. We must keep going after it. You have no fishing stories because you're hanging out at the marina. You have no fishing stories because you're sitting in the boat. You have no fishing stories because you're always fiddling around with your tackle. You have no fishing stories because you're always at Bass Pro thinking what it would be like to go fishing. You have no fishing stories because all you're doing is coming to church and sitting. You've got to get out there. This is the Bass Pro of fishers of men, right? We come here and we get filled up. But you've got to do more than just go to Bass Pro. You've got to get in the lake, right? You've got to go to the water. You've got to get to where they are. You say, well, where's my lake? I don't know where your lake is. And I'm not talking about a literal body of water, but I'm talking about your sphere of influence. People you come in contact with. As you go through your day, we need to be sharing the love of Jesus Christ with everybody we come in contact with, right? Let me give you the fourth one. I'm done. Fishermen not only have purpose, not only do they have passion, not only are they persistent. I love this one. They have real partnership. They have real partnership. What I mean by that, there's two people they're partnering with, fishers of men. They're partnering, first of all, with God. And they're partnering, secondly, with the local church. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6 down through verse number 7. This is Paul, he's writing. He said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase, or God gave the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Guys, whenever you go fishing, and you're fishers of men, and you're catching men and women, it's not really you that's doing anything other than just sharing the gospel and the love of Jesus It's God that draws them. It's God that convicts them. It's God that saves them, right? So we've got to partner first and foremost with the Lord. But secondly, we must partner with the church. Guys, do you realize at Victory Church, everything we do around here is about fishing? Everything. Everything we do around here is about fishing. Everything we do around here, get this, has a hook in it. Everything. You may not see it. But there's a hook there. And we're hoping and praying that we can catch some. We're hoping we can catch many. And if you're here today and you haven't been caught, my prayer is we catch you today. Everything has a hook in it. The Connection Cafe has a hook in it. 
We want you to enjoy fellowship. We want you to enjoy coffee. Because we know if we can get you in the right environment, around the right people, that you'll see and express and feel and understand and come to a knowledge of the love of God and that you'll get hooked. Everything we do has a hook in it. Our Connection Cafe has a hook in it. Our children's ministry has a hook in it. Our Awana program has a hook in it. Our small groups have a hook in it. Our Victory Bible Institute has a hook in it. Vacation Bible School has a hook in it. Youth ministry has a hook in it. Band, worship team has a hook in it. Men's ministry, ladies' ministry, they have a hook in them. Right? We're all about fishing. And everything that we can do to draw men to Christ and bring folks to Christ, we want to do, so therefore we put a hook in it. So, are you ready to go fishing? My prayer is that you'll understand what your purpose is. It's got to be something that outlasts you. The only thing that I know that outlasts life is the kingdom of God and His work. Right? So get involved in the kingdom work. Go fishing. Have some passion. Be persistent. Partner with the Lord. Partner with the local church. So I'm just asking, will you go fishing with us here at Victory? Will you get plugged in? So let me just try to put some action steps to this. What does all that look like? And guys, I'm done. The band, you guys can come on up. I'm done. What does that look like? Well, first of all, it's you actively involved in the ministry at Victory Church, being concerned about what's going on here at Victory, your church family where you serve, finding your place to get plugged in, being faithful, being loyal, being committed, right? Serving, looking for opportunity. Just let me throw out a big thank you today to A.J. I don't know if you guys saw A.J. out there this morning pouring down the rain. And when I first got a glimpse at A.J. doing that, the kid was soaking wet. And he had a small umbrella. And we have large umbrellas that we have bought here at Victory, but they're all sitting in the container. So I said, I'm going to go get a trash bag. So I ran in here to the back, and I got a trash bag, and I went out there, and I made a hole for his head, and I made a hole for his arms. And I said, AJ, stick your head and arms through this, at least it'll keep your shirt from getting so wet. And I said, give me that small umbrella, take this big umbrella, and thank you for ushering our people in. Let's give AJ a hand. Was that not amazing? Thank you, AJ, and I mean that with all my heart. That's what I'm talking about. Find a place. There's room for everybody to serve. We all have something we can do. Get connected. Get plugged in. Find your place. And then once you leave the church, once you leave the church, look for opportunity as you're going about your day just to share the love of Christ. And, and I realize that everyone is not real comfortable with that. And here real soon, I'll be having a a missions class, an evangelism class called our Class 401, and we'll be offering that. You can come to that, and we give some strategies, some ways that you can share the gospel. But here's the easiest thing you can do. Every single one of us can do this. We can invite people to church. We can invite our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers, and family members, and just everybody we see. We can invite them to church. That's the easiest thing that any of us can do. So why don't you start there? If you're not comfortable with actually sharing the gospel and talking to them and sharing scripture and praying with them, why don't you just bring them with you to church and let me talk to them? Let me share the gospel with them, okay? So my prayer is if you're group three, you're a Christ follower, but you're not plugged in to fishing, that today you decide, you know what, I'm going to be a fisher of men. If you're in group number two and you're already doing that, 
Thank you. Keep doing it. We could not have a Victory Church without you. So I praise you. Continue to do it. But if you're in group number one, and group number one is the group that is just not in the family of God. Pretty much everything I've said today has really not been about you. I guess it really has been all about you, but you've got to be part of the family of God first. So I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, and I don't know everyone's spiritual condition, but I want to give you an opportunity to know Christ as your Savior. Right now, if you'll simply bow your head and close your eyes and just pray this simple prayer after me. Just pray it silently in your heart. Be as sincere as you know to be. And just pray something like this. Just say, Dear God, I realize today that you love me. That you gave your life for me. And Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sins. And I just pray today that you forgive me of my sins. That you cleanse me. Today, I want to accept Christ as my personal Savior. I don't understand everything there is about the gospel or about the Bible or about Christianity. But I do know enough to know that I need to accept Christ as my Savior. I believe He died on the cross. I believe He was buried. I believe He rose again victoriously on the third day. I believe right now He's seated by the right hand of God the Father. And I just ask, ask you, Lord, to forgive me, to come into my life, to be my Lord, be my Savior. Make me a child of the King. In Jesus' name I pray. Head still bowed, eyes closed. Dear Lord, for that individual that may have prayed that prayer today, and I have no idea who it may be, but God, you do. And I pray right now that you would give them reassurance of their salvation. That you would just finger around in their heart, in their spirit, and help them to know that you've heard that prayer. And that because of the childlike faith, that now they're part of the family of God. Give them that reassurance. Father, I pray for that individual that you help them. Help them to grow in your word and help them to be faithful to your church and to you. And thank you for those that may have prayed that prayer. For those that are Christ followers, but today they realize they haven't been fishing. They're sitting in the marina. They're hanging out at Bass Pro. They're doing all the fishing stuff, but they've just not dropped any bait in the water. I pray, God, you convict us of that. Help us, Lord, to be fishers of men. It's how you started and ended your public ministry. That we be about fishing for men. Father, help us to share our faith this week. Help us, Lord, to invite people to church. Help us to be the salt and the light of the earth. Help others to see that we act differently than the world acts. That we react differently. There's just something different. Not that we want to be boastful or proud about it, but we have the love of God in our heart. And it should make a difference when people see us. Help us, Lord, to reach one for you this week. And then we look forward to the stories. We look forward to the stories that 
those that are here today are going to be able to share because they today decided that they are going to be fishers of men. We ask your blessings on our time together. We ask your blessings on the food we're about to partake of that's out in the Connection Cafe. And we pray you bless the hands that prepared it. God, we, we pray for Miss Beth that's going to be sharing a little bit about her trip to Holy Land. That you just remove all nerves and anxieties that she may have. And let her know she's just around family and friends. And we just want to hear her story about what you did in her heart and her life and what she can share. We ask you to bless her. Be with us this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, Fallon, Illinois. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.